Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Don't change the Don't change the yes, a very good afternoon, everyone. Welcome to Sports Day WA with Peter Vlahos on this Thursday and the 16th day of February, 12 days remaining in the summer of 2022-23. Uh, That's amazing how time flies. I'm going to just talk about something that sort of disturbed me a bit today. Um, I get up in the morning, I have a look at all the news that's transpired, not just sport, but general news. And I felt for a family that lives in the Perth metropolitan area in Harrisdale, who today have been left heartbroken. So I'm appealing to people around the Harrisdale area or certainly in the broader community here in Perth where these thugs or masked thieves jumped their fence into their personal property in their home and a brazen theft of two Cavalier King Charles Spaniels. Charlie and Harry were the name of the dogs. It happened yesterday and today's CCTV footage was shown of these two masked individuals outside the home there on Gleeson Way in Harrisdale. One of the dogs, they picked up the first dog, which was a black dog. Then they picked up the other dog, which is a golden and white dog. All looked very young. And the owners of the dogs then posted on Facebook uh, the incident, urging anyone who knew the whereabouts of the two dogs to come forward. And it got me thinking, really, you know, where is this community going? Where is this society going when people, two individuals, can jump into somebody's personal property, eye the dogs out, pick them up and take them away from their owners? I don't know what comprises the other members of the family, whether they've got young children or whatever, but the devastation that it must be leaving behind. Of course, these two idiots now will go off and probably, as someone said to me at the radio station, probably sold off the dogs or using it for breeding purposes. But I'm losing a bit of faith in the community and society at the moment because every day there's something that troubles me about what so-called my fellow man in this community is doing. And, and I just hope they catch these two and they do get the two dogs and it's returned to their owners. I just thought I'd bring it up because if I say a little bit and somebody hears it and for whatever reason knows the whereabouts and has seen the CCTV and can help, that'd be terrific, okay? On the program today, as we return back to sport, I'll be speaking to former Dockers champion Michael Barlow and I'm going to ask him his captaincy predictions for Frio. I heard Jimmy talk about in the run home about Alex Pierce. He was featured on Channel 10 last night and he's really keen. I think he'll get it, the Fremantle captaincy ahead of Brayshaw and Sarong. But we'll get Mickey Barlow's thoughts on that as well. 
And how far can his beloved Fremantle go in 2023? As well as that, we'll also focus on the Perth Glory a bit later on. They've got a big game against the Central Coast Mariners on Saturday night. And we'll speak to one of their recruits, Zach Duncan, who played, of course, in Denmark, was taken out of Denmark, and is on a loan situation with the Perth Glory. So we'll get to know Zach Duncan a bit later on as well. And uh, also Pat Cummings talking to Jared Whaley, ahead of the second cricket test against uh, India tomorrow being played in New Delhi. So that's all coming up on the program between now and 6 o'clock. You can join us anytime on the Tempera Bedshed text machine 0487 736 736. Bedshed experts in Temper mattresses, pillows and adjustable bases. You can check the range of Temper products in store or visit bedshed.com.au. And we're here for Kia. Progressive technology, blistering performance, and quality design as well. Let's uh, welcome Mickey Barlow now to the program here on Sports Day WA. Mickey, lovely to chat to you. Pete, sorry, mate. I kept you uh, waiting there. A few missed calls, but uh, here we are on... um it's all on right, a uh, February evening, so good to hear your voice. Yeah, nice to uh, share some time with you, uh, Mickey. I gather, are you uh, still involved in footy in 2023? Are you still involved with VFA or AFL, uh, of course, affiliate side Werribee this year? I am, mate, yeah. So coaching Werribee, so we're, we're the standalone um, side in the VFL. So, you know, 14 aligned clubs, seven standalone. So we're up against it a little bit, but um, signed a two-year contract uh, the middle of last year. So feeling good about it. Um, and we're just ready to play some games now. So it's been a long, um, long grind. Not making finals last year and, yeah, reading for another mm. another season at the Helm, Pete, and really, looking, uh, really enjoying it. Still around about 21 clubs in the competition? There is, mate. Yeah, so 21. Um, as I said, 14 aligned. Um, to AFL clubs, we've got the the Queensland side, the Sydney sides, um, as well as Southport, who's you know they made the grand final last year, which is a pretty big effort. Uh, you know, a standalone club, um, the salary cap is um, improving, but you know a little bit limited in terms of probably what we can provide players um, compared to the full time athletes. So Southport with a the um, the standout last year, and hopefully we can go okay this year and, and push up towards the finals. Good stuff. Good luck with that, uh, Mickey. I know you've still got a huge passion for uh, AFL Australian Rules football. Can I ask you a couple of general questions before we talk about Frio? Just a couple of questions without notice. I had uh, Dean Margetts, uh, the veteran of over 300 uh, AFL games that he's umpired, about some of the changes that could be happening in the AFL this year. And I read an article in, I think, the National Newspaper a few days ago from uh, somebody in the AFL umpires fraternity just warning everybody that will follow the competition this year with four umpires. There will be mistakes, there will be teething problems, and there will be moments of frustration. Mickey, do we need four umpires? Uh, no, I don't think we do. I don't think we do. I think even watching the Super Bowl um, and following NFL, how how tightly monitored that game is, and um, you know social media and the platforms everyone has now to to rewind, pause, um, mistakes will happen. Like you said, and umpires are human, and in the game of AFL, you know, there's no time to to stop or or 
call a call a timeout to review decisions um, outside of kind of the scoring situation. So, um, yeah, we're never going to get it perfectly in terms of our critique of umpires. Um, but on the whole, we need to acknowledge they're human. Humans make mistakes. Players make mistakes. Um, so absolutely, umpires are. But I think they do a tremendous job. I think the game's been officiated really well in, in the last 12 months. Um, and to add a fourth in, um, even the congestion side of things, do, do, you know, they'll have to be really uh, particular about where they run and where they move, which I'm you know, sure that they will be able to, but they're still part-time commodities in a um, yeah, multi-million dollar business that um, yeah, will put a bit more pressure on them and people will, you know, those uneducated Jews will have that opinion that, well, there's four now, so they shouldn't make mistakes, but the same mistakes will happen. So I tend to agree um, that it may be a little bit of overkill. I think Kane Corns was quite uh, quite strong in his opinion on that fact uh, earlier today or yesterday. Mm, yeah, and I think then uh, Getz even said that to me. He'd rather just stick with three. As you, I don't think you made a very valid point. They had got it together, the three-umpire system, and I think generally last year the officiating was very good. So why change it? Uh, I don't get it. But anyway, let's move on to Fremantle. Uh, your thoughts on the captaincy? I'm leaning towards Alex Pierce. Many are leaning towards Alex Pierce for maybe a, a short term, maybe a couple of seasons, and then maybe look at someone like Brayshaw or Sarong. Is that the way you're leading in relation to the captaincy with your former club? Yeah, I think, I think good problems to have, isn't it? Um, that there's there's a few options um, and a mix of the new wave coming through, which is, you know, your Brayshaws and Sarongs um, and Alex Pierce, who, from my view, it's, you know, Alex came into the, the club when I was, you know, kind of established in the program and had been there a while. So to my eye, Alex is always the skinny, um, gangly kid that came from Tasmania that always had great leadership and, and great commitment to his craft. So um, now he's the more experienced head and he's already done the role um with some distinction, really, when Fifey was um, carrying the interrupted season of last year, he's learnt really strongly from from Dave Mundy. He's quite connected to Dave Mundy and and Fifey, so he's been around. He's seen a few different um, different generations of of player. Has Alex? He's seen some different le- levels of success for Freo, having seen the um, the early parts of some finals campaigns, and then a bit of a rebuild, and and now a club that can absolutely contend. So. Um, you've taken the words out of, out of my mouth, Pete. I think Alex Pierce is the man for the job. Um, and if it's a, a two to three year thing, um, that next wave of leadership uh, is only going to be stronger. Um, you know, to to put uh, Brayshaw or Sarong in now, not to say they're not ready, um, but I think it's a really good buffer to give the next guys that those couple of years, couple of years of development um, in terms of leadership and and just playing the game um, before it becomes theirs. Do you think Nat Fife was assisted in making the decision to step down, or do you think it was his uh, own decision, if that's the case? Because I, I thought Fife, generally judging at the end of last year, I think he was still keen to maybe continue in the captaincy role. But uh, how did you read it? Was it time for him to maybe step aside? Yeah, I think I always take Nat on face value and... And what he says and and how he portrays it through the media, um, you can definitely tell it's it's measured and and very well considered because he's he's someone that will always um, bring out 
opinion in whatever in in whatever he's doing, playing leadership uh, business. So he's always very considered, uh, and I think he's becoming um, yeah very transparent in how he delivers that message. So I'm adamant that you know it was his his call and that Justin Longmuir and um, the powers that be would have sat. I think a quote or, or a statement he did make, make was in, in relation to um, you know, the transition. It can't be rushed. And if if it was considered that he was that best man to do the job, um, maybe until a brace or a sarong was ready, that, um, that perhaps he would continue doing the role. But um, now he just gets to sink his teeth into, I think, which would have been an even more uh, point of discussion, Pete, was that shift from mid to forward. So for him to actually wrap his head around now, OK, um, moving back from, from being the man in the midfield and actually having to go to a, a different role to assist the team and allow the players that are in there at the moment to, to apply their craft uh, to the level they can um, was probably more of a discussion. I think the leadership discussion um, takes a fair bit of pressure off him. Um, but that shift now to the forward line I think he's been public in saying that it's going to be a challenging one as, you know, it's probably not as natural as as the midfield positions become to him over the past Mm. uh, decade. Couple of final questions, maybe about the other club before I come back to Fremantle again to get your thoughts on certainly a question I'll pose. West Coast Eagles fans are getting a bit more excited about the possibilities for 2023 and maybe a, a quick climb up the AFL ladder. Do you see that materialising? Uh, they've had the, um, as Ross Lyon quoted a number of years ago, Anas Horribilis mm. <laughs> hit them last year, didn't they? I do think, I was probably um, of the opinion that they, they didn't handle uh, the interruptions of COVID and, and the hubs and um, the distractions with that, what, what came with that. Uh, across those years very well. There were some other circumstances. But clearly, it's not just one thing that, that, that makes a club um, essentially go to the bottom and, and have to, to reassess. There was that. There was injury, you know, Nick Natanui and unavailability there. Um, Tim Kelly hasn't had a, had a great run of it um, in terms of support around him as a midfielder and a little bit of injury along the way as well. So I look at them and... Uh, Again, in the eastern states, absolutely. I think clubs will sleep on them a fair bit and look at them and think, oh, well, you know, they, they were a, whatever it was last year, a two to three um, win team in 2022, and it's going to be a similar story. They pretty quickly become a, a six to eight team win with a, with a fit and healthy Luke Shuey in a, in a, in a change of role to, to half back. Elliot Yo, at his best um, in his age bracket, is going to be. Absolutely breathtaking. Um, Tim Kelly from all reports. Uh, this time of year, Pete, you always hear the February specialist. Yeah. Tim Kelly is that player and going really well. Nick Nat Dewey. Like those names, um, they're winning six to eight games off the back of, of their better players being fit, healthy, available, and getting moving. Um, and then the, the next crop that come through that have been exposed to 15 to 20 AFL games, that's huge. Like this time last year, a lot of those guys had played you know, an average of probably five AFL games through necessity. They get another 15 games into them. Um, Bazo, I really like the look of him. Um, Barras is an older player, but um, he has come of age under the duress of a, a really poor season. So um, I'm pumping them right up. I, I think they probably win eight to 10 games and, 
and at times push some of the better sides. Mm. Um, but going forward, yeah, West Coast, um, I think it'll bounce pretty quickly. Yeah, I'm thinking six to eight. You mentioned that initially, then eight to ten. I'm not sure I'm as not as buoyed to think they'll win ten, but I reckon six to eight is probably uh, where they are likely to sit. So as we let you go, what about Frio? A lot of excited expectations there, particularly with the big fella, Luke Jackson, coming over. He's training the house down. I think there's a good feel out at uh, Coburn at the moment. Uh, we know what Fremantle did last year. Uh, what do you think they'll do this year? It's probably um, the more ch- not not challenging position to be in, but I, I, we speak of West Coast then, and, and they don't have the burden of expectation. So their improvement, um, the, and they'll embrace that. They'll be like, oh, well, no one's expecting us to do much, so this is why we can, and they can get, get to work and do it. Now, now Fremantle can't lose sight of um, you know what they did well last year, and and the upside that they absolutely have. But what needs to be acknowledged as well, and we can lose sight of this at times, is um, you know making the finals. It, it, it's tough in the AFL competition, and um, a lot has to go right. You know, fitness availability. Um, you you have to perform, and yet your players have to to maintain that level of improvement. You know, year to year. Um, so it is. I am I am painting a, a glass half empty. Um, at the moment for, for Fremantle in terms of what they achieved last year was so terrific that it's no given it happens again. But I think they do have that maturity of player. You know, the younger players do have the depth of maturity. Sarong, Brayshaw that we've mentioned at Nauseam um, to come through. Sean Darcy's a, a top-end ruckman in the competition. Um, their improvement has to come in the front half. If they don't improve in the front half with younger Miss and, and Tabs and continuity with his body and form. Um, you know, Lockie Schultz, Michael Walters, um, Switkowski, they're nice players, but they do need a little bit of a point of difference in the front half to to ensure that they kind of improve from, you know, the, the bottom part of the eight to, to a contender. So the rest of the pieces seem uh, okay, and Luke Jackson comes in. The big watch will be on him, and I do have some empathy, or probably not empathy, because I was never in the situation of, Luke Jackson, a high-paid player coming in, expected to, to be the difference. But um, I do feel for him to an extent because I don't think it'll be as simple as he comes in and, and becomes an absolute game-changer. I think it's going to be uh, a number of players are going to have to contribute to their improvement, in particular in that front half. Good on you, Mickey. Thanks for joining us, mate. Look forward to keeping in touch during the course of the build-up to the AFL season. That literally is just over a month away now. And then, of course, what promises to be uh, a very exciting 2023 campaign. Thanks. Keep well and we'll keep in touch. Thanks for your time today. Thanks, Thanks Pete. Ross Lyon Cup first up, so looking forward to that. <laughs> the Ross Lyon Cup, beautifully said. Good on you, Mickey Barlow. A great man and was an outstanding footballer, wasn't he, for the Fremantle Football Club in his time here. Thrilled uh, many a purple support, of course, then went on to play some football at the Gold Coast. And now he's back in his uh, home state of Victoria. And as you heard, he's been in charge of Werribee in the VFL for the last few seasons. Give us your thoughts on what Mickey had to say. Uh, join us on the Tempera Bedshed text machine, 0487 736 736. We're here for Kia, progressive technology, blistering performance and quality design. After the break, we'll come back with the sports news headlines. We've got some glory uh, coming up as well, speaking to one of their star new recruits, Zach Duncan. So stay with us right through until 6 o'clock here on Sports Day.